Let's go. Did you bring any coffee today? No. I'm sorry. Shucks. You know, I threw my Keurig machine off my balcony recently. You, well, so you I don't have. drink Keurig anymore. Guthrie got the reference. Biggest scape of the 21st century, Keurig, maybe. Welcome to the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Near Taylor Pilkington. You just heard his voice. Hello, hello. He sits directly across from me. Guthrie has taken his position Aloha. to my right. Aloha. So does that mean he bumped up in bracketology or deskatology? Roundtableatology? Well, he always sits there. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. I've been I've been here for at least <laughs> at least a season or so. I thought Taylor always manned the computer. Maybe I'm crazy. Mike Jaffe is not here. He was gonna call in, but he decided that he was feeling too loopy. Do we want to explain this real quick to the audience? I mean, I'm kind of jealous, honestly. He, ha- he has back pain. And he he took has muscle back relaxers. pain. I'm not jealous of the back pain. I'm mm. jealous of the muscle relaxers. Now he's going to be asleep until next Tuesday. Sounds fantastic. Do you sounds remember terrible. during our preview show where Mike said that he wasn't going to miss an episode this year? If I had an opportunity to bet on that in Vegas, I probably would have taken out my mortgage, not mortgage, rent money for the next 10 years. Fair enough? Yeah. It's a nagging injury. He's had injury issues his entire career. If mm. there was only a way. Well, Michael, if you'd like to re-propose that bet next time I see you, I, I would gladly, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll gladly go in on it's that. It's a valid excuse. It's a valid excuse. Yeah, I, I not agree. that I'm worried. No, not that you're worried. All right. Well, we got a little bit to talk about. There's there's some bites out there on the cow that we can go after. We got the Champions Classic into the book, and guess what? Michigan State didn't get a win for the how many? What are we on? Like nine out of ten times they haven't had a win. Yeah, I don't know. I do want to talk about that. Should they be exiled from the Champions Classic? That's a hot take for Blue. Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think yeah, about it for a little bit. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. We're going to break that down. Duke looked good in the absence of Marvin, Marvin Bagley, who got poked in the eye. That always mm. hurts. But uh, the tripper brought him to the promised land. 37 points, a great performance from uh, Mr. Allen. And uh, we're also going to go over... The most recent in the rear view, which is Virginia. Virginia Tech had some interesting games the past two days. Well, Tech had one yesterday, which did not go as planned. Mm, definitely and then not. Virginia today at the Seagull Center against VCU will break that down. Wake Forest, panic attack, Wake Forest, message board meltdown. Guthrie <laughs> was doing some good research on the wakeboards. We'll oh, go yeah. over that. We'll also touch on Wake, uh, pardon me, Georgia Tech and Ben Lammers. Woof. In China, right? Yeah. We're in China. Bill Walton in China. I think they were in that's Shanghai, like, right? Yes, that's right. It's up, upon upon the sea, is that, what it's, is that what it means? I have no clue. I think that's what All it I know is... They made it all back safely. An historic event, Bill Walton in China. Th- every year. Did he go last year? I think he did. I don't know. Yeah. I think so. He. Uh, it's like Nixon's trip. You know, it'll go down as... Best East-West cultural exchange. We'll go non-conference a little bit today because... I'm glad you cut me off. I didn't have anything more to say about Bill Walton. (laughs) I could tell that you were... were, (laughs) I was reaching. You were struggling and I had to... See, that's what you have to do as you're the host. You feel there's a gap and you just have to say something. I don't really have anything to say right now either. That was good floor spacing. Good floor spacing. Good floor spacing as well. So coming up later on in this month's edition of the podcast, maybe not this month because we might take off next week for Thanksgiving. I I would assume we would. We're going to talk about glue guys a little bit later on as we start to get a better grasp of these ACC teams. There's still not that much information as we mentioned at the 
at the beginning of the podcast, but we're starting to get a few signs about uh, some of these teams. So we're not going to touch on every team because there's a lot of squads we don't have that much information on. Can we agree on that? Yeah, there's only so like, much you can learn from a game versus do we really know? Cookman. Do we really know what's happening True. with NC State right now? Now, last year at this time, we definitely had a good idea what's happening with NC State after they what nearly escaped their opener by a point or two, or was it overtime? So that was a case where we knew. But NC State, they've taking care of business. Bravo. Keith yeah. Sarah underway. I'm we're, I'm kind of skipping ahead cuz I know we're going to we're going to pick this game against the spread later on, but I'm excited to see them play Arizona on Wednesday. All right, Taylor, I'm tired. I'm sleep deprived. I've been working too much the past couple weeks. You're going to have to lead us in the first topic, so I, take it away. This I, is your chance to shine. This is your audition. To, <laughs> I always uh, say you work too much. To host the uh to host the podcast from here on out. Go. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, let's talk about the Champions Classic first. Um, I think that's a good starting yeah, point. Yeah. You're off to a great start. You oh, already thank get a, you. one check mark by the first box. Yeah. So I guess the big story was Duke, Michigan State. Uh, was that the big story? Well, the first one in the ACC. We'll get to non-ACC play a little bit. We'll touch on that briefly. But uh, that Grace, was the first game. So you, yeah, another check box. We're going over the first game, the seven o'clock start it. from the United Center. Uh, mm-hmm. Grayson Allen, the first stop on his redemption tour, career high. Uh, lighten it up. Michigan State, again, as you mentioned, Izzo doesn't get it done, but I feel like everybody uh, kind of expects it. They're like, oh, just wait for March. I think the announcers even said something to that effect as they were like, oh, well, this is fine. This is classic Izzo. Like, it's worked out for the last like, two years. They it made always it to the, seems to work. Yeah. They made it to, what, the round of 64 and then the round of 32. Yeah. Great job. Well, Bravo. Better than losing, you know, this game. But uh, I guess big development in the game was Marvin Bagley sitting for almost three quarters of the game after he yeah. got poked in the eye. Right. Um, yeah, so he's a really good player. Yeah, it looks good, right? Yeah, the preseason was not an indication of his caliber of play. Yeah. I think he's been really good the first couple games, but I don't know how much mm-hmm. you can judge with Duke in the fir- in the opening two. You can judge something against Michigan State, obviously, but the rest of their opponents have just been doo-doo, straight doo-doo. So. Well, so, I mean... I, I thought it was impressive more that so and we n- the news is that he will play in their next game or is ready to play at least even if he doesn't start. I mean they're playing as we speak. You do know oh, that, don't you? Y- no, I did not know. All that. right, that's an X mark next to your next Thank box. You. Okay, you've got yeah. two checks and you've got he's got 19 points right now. He's seven of 12 from the field as we're taping this. So I there's feel like more, his eyes okay. That might be a, a subtract a check mark. Yeah. So you might be just like one check mark, one X. Keep right score. Now. Keep score. Okay, but um. Uh, I thought Duke looked really good even when he went out. Uh, you know, Michigan State made some runs, but I thought they had really good ball movement. Obviously, mm-hmm. they shot well. Uh, Duvall, for a freshman, looked really comfortable, um, you know, really in control Trent, running the Trent point. Trent struggled. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Was it one for seven? Something it's like that. It's not going to happen every game. Yeah, no. You would think not. They uh, they showed a zone on defense, which everybody was going nuts over. Um, what? It's happened the past three yeah. years. They've been playing zone the past three years. I, Do you remember the Plumlee era? Yes. The Marshall Plumlee the era. The long Plumlee era. The Marshall Plumlee era. Big difference. Which one was he? He was the third. Third. Yeah, the third. Okay. The, the youngest. One of the mm. darkest times of Duke basketball in the past I've five, always been a Miles five, Plumlee years. guy. Okay. Um, well, he really showed well in the NBA, not so much in college. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So... I thought the zone, like, honestly, wasn't that great. I just thought Michigan State was not prepared to take advantage of it. They oh, kept... Michigan State could not deal with the zone at yeah. all. But like... I, I didn't think it was because the zone the zone was fine, but it wasn't, like, world-beating. It was just they didn't – Michigan State got the ball into the high post really easily, and 
with room to work, mm-hmm. but then didn't really have the ability to turn that into like an easy bucket. Yeah. Or right. they would turn it into a corner three that they would miss. It's time for the take. I plugged it at the intro of the podcast. Give me your hot take. Is it time to boot Michigan State from the challenge? I say no. It's a legitimate question. I mean... Wait, has... When's the last time Izzo beat a Krzyzewski or a Roy Williams team? Those two, the Blue Bloods dominate Michigan State. North Carolina in the tournament probably has a winning margin of 17 points against Michigan State whenever they play them. I think he this with this game he's one in 11 against Krzyzewski. Is that right? Yeah, I think I think something like it's that. A, it's a great mark. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a really good. That's crazy. Pretty, pretty terrible. And has he ever defeated a, a North Carolina team? That's uh, look it up. Somebody listeners. give me a stat check. I look no it up, Chapel Hill. But listeners, obviously I know you're on it for take, me. They're Tweet not going to Izzo out right there. They're not going to kick him out. Well, let's think of uh, other options. Uh, maybe Arizona. Yeah, a West Coast team. Yeah, why not get a West Coast team? Think, in there? I don't think it's quite time to get rid of Michigan State from this from this. Uh, well, hold up. I mean, if it's not going to happen. I, listen, yeah. if they lose, there's uh, they keep throwing out the excuse. Just wait till this team gets to March, guys. Just wait till, just wait till. Good gracious. Sure, but I mean, and then, so, like the Valentine team like, that bowed out in the '64. We waited for them to get to March, right? We waited. Sure. And they lost to Middle Tennessee in the first round. So there's only so. I mean, if you have to wait till March, mantra, you have to back it up during tournament time. Do you think that it's because... Other uh, options, okay? We have Kansas, we have Kentucky, and Duke, all solid. You can't go two ACC teams, so sorry, North Carolina. Who else? I mean, I, I, I still think Michigan State's probably the best option. I mean, I, I, who, could you, who else could you possibly invite that would make sense? That's consistently good. Villanova. UCLA. Why not Villanova? Villanova. Jay Wright's won maybe. a title. He's won just as many titles yeah. as Izzo. His t- his program's in a better place. Let's go throw Villanova into the challenge. They still, that be don't, they still don't give the same sense of confidence that they're going to be good year over year. Well, every team would wear blue. That's true. That would be a, you know, a nice promo good material. You could get some branding yeah, going Yeah, it'd be on. great promo I think, material. I think if... So Villanova is is an interesting interesting suggestion. Um, that, that certainly makes a lot of sense. Uh, they, Scheduling they, geographic wise, yeah, yeah, and and they've had you know decent success in in recent years. Um, I don't think it's the same sustained level of success that Izzo has had at Michigan State, and I think that's a big part of why they picked these four teams. It's four no brainer Hall of Fame coaches. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're There's, saying Jay Wright's not a Hall of Fame coach? I, he's not a no brainer like those other guys. I would say he's a no brainer. I mean, he's not not as much as as those guys. <sighs> Before last year, he wasn't a no-brainer, or two years ago. All right, well, okay. Well, I'm done with that hot take. I think the <laughs> yeah. I think the audience I love will, will probably agree I think, with me on this it's one. Worth talking about. Okay. More for the Champions Classic. Uh, What's no? Can we? Can I tell a, a tale of the I, Kansas? You let, before we get to the Kansas Kentucky game, let me ask you: I, Do you have any hot takes on the Grayson Allen thing? Because the big, you know, it's already the backlash to the backlash to the times a million. <laughs> I. All I can think about is what is Luke's hot take on Grayson Allen here? Now that everybody, you know, he seems to be back in everybody's good graces. 
Now that he's playing well, Are you serious about that? Every, well, I, everybody's when I say everybody, good graces. When everybody's I, good graces. Uh, let's let say everybody. I mean, the that's talking another heads. X mark next to your. I mean, the talking your hosting, heads. You know, the your hosting the, score. The media narrative. You're now in the negative. The media narrative has him back. You know. Oh, really? The Duke Mafia in the media likes Grayson Allen. What a shock! The sure. <laughs> Just I don't know if I agree with you, Taylor. I love how. Is that, <laughs> well, I asked for your hot take. Give it to me. He's still snarling at the cameras, and he's uh, he, listen. The zebra has not changed his stripes or the leopard his spots, whatever. You the really is. okay? I'm not talking about the fans, and I'm not talking about like. Are you talking about him as a basketball beat player? Writers, I'm talking about national media. Mm. It's like the Grayson Allen like is good again. Drumbeat. You know, was he that bad last year? Tour is everything back. No, no, he I'm was, not saying skill wise. I'm saying as a person. Like everyone, okay. the like okay. he is a good person. That's all the like national <laughs> columns you're reading. Again. You're getting muted right now. I'm serious. Do you guys not he's, read all these things? That's that is the like national media narrative right now. Is that Grayson Allen is he's a, he is, is back? He's, he's back redeemed. To being a good person. And the, the golden child is back because they he did had a, little, a good shooting night. Yeah, and they just need a you know he did he did all these little like off season funny things on. So if I ever get into a scandal, guys, being interviewed by Jeff Goodman. If I ever yeah. get into a scandal. I just need to go and work on my three-point shots yeah. and throw some cameras on me and, and splash a few, and then I'll be back at everybody's good graces, and I'm, I'll be a fantastic human being. I mean, being. it started before this game, but this game was like the perfect uh, It was the perfect way to cap it off to like really kickstart mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Do you not feel that? Do you not see that happening around you? might be the worst you? take on this podcast. Scoring 37 points makes you, know, you a, a, a great individual, an ambassador of college basketball. Get I, out of here, Taylor. That's not my feeling or take. I'm just telling you what is happening okay, with he's the a, media he's a great. He's a great guy. Do you guys not see it? You Can don't we move s- on to, to, to actual talk? Okay. He's you a great guy. I'll go ahead and just prevaricate to you right that's now. That's not even what I'm saying. I just, okay. so, um, so talking a little bit about the game... Uh, Thank you, Guthrie. This this was the first time I'd actually watched Duke play. I missed when they played Elon and uh, what Utah Valley was their other game, who they actually beat by thirty. And I believe Utah Valley is the same team that was beating Kentucky at correct at Rupp mm-hmm. at halftime. Correct, if I remember correctly. So. You know, part of me was getting used to the the new faces in Duke uniforms. Um, Gary Trent Jr. did not have a good game, but Trayvon Duvall was utterly impressive. Really good, good, yeah. Yeah, I was very impressed with Trayvon Duvall. And Wendell Carter, man. Guy can play too. Yeah. They have some very athletic bigs. And then they also have Frankovich. And I texted you guys, he is the most Duke-looking player we've seen in... Since Marshall Plumlee? I think, Grayson Allen. <laughs> I think, well, okay, if you if you exclude Grayson Allen, I think Vrankovic is the like quintessential big, white, goofy looking Duke player. Like, uh, what was what was the um, James uh, JP Mc, or James McDaniel's was that was was that his name? The guy, the big, the big goofy guy from the late two thousands. I can't remember. His Could name. be describing a lot of guys. Yeah. You're talking about Zubek? No, I'm gonna have to look this up. Uh, yeah, don't worry. About don't it. worry about it. But Duke looked good. Duke looked terrific. Duke. Michigan State should be booted from the challenge unless they beat uh, Duke or North Carolina in the next two years. Because they're gonna see. I think they're gonna see one of Josh them in McRoberts the tournament at is some who I was point. Of. They're gonna see what? They're gonna see one of those two teams in the tournament in the next two years, three years. 
they're definitely going to see Duke in the challenge in two years, right? Yeah. Because they don't, because when they flip flop the challenge, they never do Kansas, Kentucky, do they? No, it's not Kansas, Kentucky. Pardon me. They don't do Kentucky, Duke, right? No, they've, we yeah, they've done that before. They did it like three years ago or two or three years did ago. Did they? Yeah, it was, right? They did it the year that Kentucky, Kentucky Duke right. was 2016. Okay, right. right. Uh, I'm losing it. Yeah, I think they I think they they try and and switch it up every every So next year, year we so. get Kentucky Duke. Yeah. We should. I think so if they stick to the schedule. Let's talk about Kentucky Kansas, all right? I tweeted this out. I apologize listeners. I thought I had a great take. I was shorting Kentucky. All I know how to do is when I'm picking games is picking which teams I am shorting. And unfortunately, I thought I had a good angle. I don't believe in this Kentucky team. Taylor, you're welcome to rebut me because you are uh, a big Blue Nation boy. Don't think they're don't think they're that strong this year. And I thought, you know what, four and a half, not bad for Kansas. But you know what, I broke a cardinal rule, which I implemented on this podcast. <laughs> Never trust Kansas, ever. Never trust Kansas. And Devontae Graham, I don't know if he ate like two deep dish pizzas before the game, but he looked like. Uh, he looked awful. Three of fourteen from the field. Svetlov was not that much better. I, I he was decent. I, I don't know. What, do, what what did you guys make of that game? I uh, it was a very sloppy basketball game. I think the di- I and I thought it was it funny was. when a lot of the college basketball analysts were gushing. Oh, this is it's back. College hoops is back. Like, was, are you guys watching the same game as I am? It was very sloppy. I think uh. What's the difference between Kansas, like the team they have this year and last year, is that they're missing kind of explosive players, slashers, guys who can like drive. Obviously, Frank Mason. They're they're missing mm-hmm. some of the guys who can create their own shot and get in the paint, you sure. know, and then and then make things happen. And they're missing Landon Lucas. Like they 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 they're, they have uh, well, Azub, Azubike. Yeah, who was awesome. Yeah, Azubuki. He played a lot. He played a lot of the game, and when he went out, I thought it made a big difference. They basically so this is a new thing uh, for Bill Self, right? Is that it's like a pretty guard-heavy team now. He's basically playing as a Buki and four guards around him. Yeah, I mean, Spy is, is and, playing like and and think about they four. always have a um, you know they always have like a good front court. That's you ready for the, the mind-blowing stats on Kansas right now? They are number three in Ken Palm per adjusted yeah. defense. Yeah, that's well, I mean, they also had uh, Billy Preston, who's a freshman, really highly touted recruit, who was in some sort of like uh, crashed a car before the game, and the car might have he might not have been paying for it, and so he did not oh, play really? in the game. Oh, so he's there. He's like a, a 6'10 freshman guy. Um, so he presumably would have played a lot of minutes for them. Um, but yeah, I I mean, is I will continue to short Kentucky for this it, season. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go back to the the golden rule of this podcast, never trust Kansas. Thankfully, those teams aren't matched up against each other the rest of the year. Okay? I mean, can you... Kansas out-rebounded Kentucky by a lot in the first half. I mean, they out-rebounded them total, I think, in the game by a decent margin, but it was mm-hmm. very distinct in the first half. And then if you watch Cal's like, halftime How interview, would you rate the Cal halftime interview, the post-game press conference? How would you rate it? A plus. I 10, agree. I yeah. thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And it was, you, I think I one of you guys it. texted I, me at halftime, like, this is such a classic Cal interview. Yeah, I I did. Did. My I guys just what? need to go and get the goal. My guys, they're you know not what? doing it. 
<laughs> we're not where we want to be, but we're hanging in there. But we the had a chance is... to win the game. You know, so I mean, can I can I be that upset? We had a chance to win the game against a good team. You know, we're gonna get there. We're not we got a lot of work to do, obviously. The oh, thing man. is if they it's if classic. they had offensive rebound, which they have the capability of do, I mean a defensive rebound, if they had limited those second chances, which they have the capability of doing, who knows what could happen. I mean, they have Kevin Knox, turns out also really good at basketball, Kennedy Meeks Jr. Plays wing and can shoot. He looks exactly like him. Uh, he, what, was three of six from three-point range. I mean, he is a really good shooter, which makes a difference because he's a big guy, too. Um, and then they have the usual Kentucky roster, like Hamadou Diallo, all these guys who are super fast, can get through the lane and score a basket in transition before like half the players are back. I think it's just going to be kind of like putting it together, nailing down that the rebounding and those other things. I think Kentucky's going to be good. Okay, yeah, I, you think that? I agree with you, Luke. I don't see them right now as like the on the status of some of the other teams. Mm-hmm. I'd put them just outside the top five. <laughs> just okay. as the top five I think, in the I think country. You're crazy. I, uh, I let's. No, I'm going to name teams better than Kentucky. That's right where now. I see them ending up. I see them moving. You know, end of season. I I, I would see. So they're going to finish in the top five of the AP poll. No, just outside. They're going to finish like six through, finish ten. Six, okay. six through ten. Oh, that might be tough. The wager, SEC is like pretty good this year. Do you want to wager a meal the on SEC that? The SEC is pretty good. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay, done. Yeah, great. All right, so they need to be eight to six range. I'll give you a nine to six range. No, no, I'm saying anywhere ten to six. Ten to six. Yeah. All right. Done. Yeah. Great. Do we want to go on? Do you want to power rank best halftime interviews for coaches? I think Cal is firmly in the one spot. Uh, I do have a soundbite from Coach K, his most recent uh, halftime interviews. I'm going to play it right now. Are you ready? Three, two, one. That was it. He didn't say anything. Wait, because he never does <laughs> yeah, them. I was, was going to say. He never does Ka- them. <laughs> Jason Capel, step right up. Let's hear it. Meanwhile, in the, the dressing room for the officials, I'm not going to go there. But... Um, yeah, any other – I like Jay Wright. I, I think he's informative at halftime. Yeah. Sometimes he can get a little heated and pissy. I, I enjoy that. He's he's good. Cal's I, better. I, yeah, I mean, Cal, Cal is definitely the one that, that stands out. Welcome to – I like I like Mike Bray's halftime. Yes, I do too. He, I think his post games are fantastic His post games well. are very good. Um, hmm. I mean uh, – And I've been in a Mike Bray post game press conference, and he's like ready to – he's like ready to point – to opposing media, just like, oh, come on, break. Yeah, so, yeah but, but, let me answer a question. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah, so right, speaking of, like, interviews, uh, did you guys watch the A&M West Virginia game the in the Armed Forces Classic? Uh, the massacre of the... Yeah, yeah. So, so Seth Greenberg, like, halfway through the, the first half, came up and it tried to give, like, a short interview with uh, Huggins, and... He was just, he, it was the most awkward thing I've ever seen. Like, Greenberg was just trying his best to, like, appease Huggins and not get his head ripped off. Huggins was not <laughs> in a good mood. This was when a was making was a push say, back. Yeah. So, so West Virginia went up pretty big at first. And, and I mean, really, it was a very impressive, like, turnaround from AM. Uh, God, AM. AM is going to be good this they year. They look really good. And that that game was without their starting point guard and their probably their best player. And they so they were playing a freshman guard against the West Virginia Press and they won by like 30. Are they going to win the SEC? 
I no, think I think Florida wins the SEC. I, man, I don't know. Like that that is that isn't that I mean to bring back your 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 topic from before SEC the SEC is, is going to be very good yeah. this year. And I mean it could be Florida. I think A&M has a very good team. Mhm. I think Larinaga is an underrated halftime conversationalist. He gets mm. a question, he kind of looks around the arena with these bug eyes for a while. And then yeah. it's a quick like one sentence <laughs> answer. Yeah, I love everything that Jim Larry negative. Next so time okay. you see it, folks, just pay attention. You heard it here. So one thing I, I do want to touch on briefly with Kentucky: um, how many, like, so th- this team is, uh, of course, you know, traditional Calipari team, extremely young. They have all freshmen and some sophomores, but how many of them are do you think are going to leave early this year? It's a great because- question. So is this team primed for? Being the favorites in the 2018 to 19 season, if they that's get, yeah, I think of, so. That's kind of what I'm thinking. That's what I'm feeling, because that's when they had the undefeated run all the way to the Final Four. Was when they did not lose the Twins. Right. They did not lose. Well, didn't they lose on that team? They got Townsend as a freshman, and they also got Booker as a freshman, and mm-hmm. then they had the Twins. And uh, who else? Well, it was an upperclassman on that team. They had a they had a couple more. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, you, you should just know, fast forward to next to year for your big blue. They still had Collis Stein. They still had Poitras. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was yeah, there. They yeah, were both yeah, there for Stein. a couple more years. Um, exactly. Yeah, there you go. It's hard to tell because you know that with the draft, everyone's basing on everyone. Everyone is drafting on potential. So, like Donovan Mitchell, who basically played himself in the tournament into a. A first round draft pick, or was he a second round draft pick? I don't know. Last year, but he should have been a top ten pick. He wasn't. He wasn't really projected before the tournament to to go that high at all. And he kind Fair of enough. a couple games got him into that. And sometimes it's the opposite end of the spectrum where players do that, and they probably after a full season in the NBA, it looks like they don't. They were overdrafted. All right, time to transition. Do you want to go to the weight catastrophe, or do you want to go to the Virginia teams? Let's do uh, the two Virginia teams first. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so Virginia Tech basketball maybe made a a cardinal sin of tweeting out Virginia Tech basketball is good. You know, the, the official Twitter account, yeah. and they got Period trolled after like every it was. Word. They got <laughs> trolled like I, I don't know, Guthrie. Give me a give me a good analogy for how hard can you get trolled in the universe. Uh, man, I don't know. Trolls. Uh, I can't think of an analogy off the top of my head. Got train trolled. <laughs> trolled yeah. worse than a fortune fortune user <laughs> late at night. That's what I'm some, looking for. Yeah. So they lose to St. Louis 77-71 at MSG in the 2K Classic. Am I right about that? Yes. 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 yes you Good are. memory. And St. Louis is ranked 141st in Kempom. Hmm. I gotta say, I, I, I like our theory, guys. Our, our quartet theory at the beginning of the season are us against the rest of the college basketball community. We're looking good on these. Yeah, well, when we're on an island, we do well. We did well with the Syracuse. Is not a tournament team last year. We're doing well already. We're getting early returns of Virginia Tech. Is not as good as people think they are. So they bounce back. Virginia Tech. They posted a twenty-something point win against Washington. Oh, tonight. they beat a Washington team who has a new coach and had right. a completely depleted team. Right, but <laughs> great. Uh, I will say, I really like the St. Louis team. That's what I came away with from watching that game. Okay, is that I love the St. Louis team. Oh, really? And if you want to make a case for the, if you want to make a case for why Virginia Tech underperformed in this game, it would be that St. Louis is kind of a bad matchup for them, in that mm. Virginia Tech doesn't have a ton of 
size, but neither does St. Louis, and they have the kind of guys who can, like, Virginia Tech can't take advantage of anything against them. St. Louis is built to play against teams that are have, like, everyone in the 6'4 to 6'9 range. Does St. Louis have any balding men who just got really mad that um, our man on the other sidelines? No. Buzz is... Ball by choice. A lot, a lot more got hair a than usual. About if you that. saw him, a lot more hair than usual. It's, okay. it throws yeah, me for a loop every time. He needs to shave it off. That's that's the that's the problem. The right recipe to this season yeah. for Virginia Tech. I, I just I thought that Tech. Uh, it looked like for it, about halfway through the first half, you know, the game was like pretty close, and then they got on a run and went up by like six points. And I was like, okay, this is the point. Tech's going to take over. Mm-hmm. It's going to be done. They were getting like cuts off the ball. The ball movement was so much better, and then it kind of just slowed down. Nothing. I don't know. Their their offense started like stagnating. They run so much from those high ball screens, like off the elbow extended. Mm-hmm. But if they don't get off ball movement off those, then it's tough for them to like have a, a plan B. And and St. Louis was defending those really well. And they have a lot of like what I would call old Big East guys, guys who are like not as tall as people at their position normally, Stocky. but are big and strong and like Javon Best. Man. Yeah, Javon Best, the transfer from Michigan State, is awesome. Oh, um, they like. They were playing pretty. Tech. I mean, St. Louis was playing pretty well, but Tech also just. Oh, like, they had a nice bounce back. Had win. to be better. One hundred three to seventy nine over at Washington. Okay. Well, well, we have to wait and see for the rest of their schedule. Do I they t- play anybody else? I'm going to look at their schedule briefly. They play. They Iowa, play Iowa in the Challenge. Iowa, Ole Miss, mm, and they play, oh, they play Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. I I think they could upset Kentucky. Could they upset Kentucky, Taylor? Since you love both Ugh. of these teams. I, I mean, to the depths of your heart, as we're hearing right now. I don't think it's likely. Okay. I think that. Uh, so Chris Clark didn't have a great game. He w- didn't seem. It looked like he was having trouble fitting, getting involved in it. And I think Alexander Walker and Robinson were like kind of trying to force things, like driving into the paint and getting stuck in bad positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just looked like they were forcing things. It wasn't really clicking. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the deal is really with. With maybe they're still trying to figure out the lineup exactly. I mean, Chris Clark didn't play a tremendous amount of minutes. Devin Wilson, I think, had foul trouble, which is why he didn't play more than twenty minutes. A lot of fouls in the game. Really yeah. physical game. Yeah, very physical. Yeah, um, which I guess would maybe play into Virginia Tech's strengths. I think they they were actually a pretty good free throw shooting team last year, but they I, their offense is just way too reliant on those cuts that you were talking about yeah, and getting open shots. On to UVA, right? The other Virginia team did not have a problem. Virginia against VCU after the electric debut of Huff the Magic Dragon. He didn't play much in this VCU game. Wasn't a great matchup for a 7'1 guy going against a bunch of really quick VCU pressing guard-oriented lineups. But here's my take on this, and here's my take on the Virginia team thus far. They could definitely score better than last year's team. We haven't had any snarky posts by the rest of the ACC beat writers about okay, watch Virginia games, watching paint dry. No, it was, a, it was a very entertaining game against VCU. VCU played very well. I'm not very high on this VCU team. I don't think they're that good this year, but I think they played well in front of their crowds. The most important game on their schedule. That being said, great home court arena. Here's the great here's the play. comparison I'm going to make for Kyle Guy. He's I think he's made a jump that mimics what Luke Kennard made from his freshman oh, wow. sophomore year. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it does. I mean, if that's 
Solid player, big in his true, fresh, big solid true. shooter his freshman year, and then you start to see his game really evolve in his sophomore campaign. He can touch the paints. He's getting to the rim some. Mid-range game floaters, three-point shooting. He dropped a career-high 29 tonight. I, I was obviously impressed by him. I was also, I thought Ty Jerome played really well. I thought Isaiah Wilkins played, showed really well. I thought both of them, like, mm-hmm. all of them uh kind of had a good showing there. The coast to coast uh rebound and then and then right. layup for Isaiah Wilkins was pretty impressive. I did not think he had that in him. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, "Wait, who is that playing in Isaiah Wilkins jersey?" Good signs, but question marks for Virginia. I'm going to go here. Rhythm. I don't know how well this team can get into a rhythm if they're going to go night to nights. They have a deep bench. They have uh, as um they have matchup pieces to combat just about any size or type of team on the bench. Mm-hmm. They have Hunter who can guard big wings on coming off the bench. They have Huff who can protect the rim if you want to go if you're going to get really big teams. The question is, if you're having players who play one game, big minutes, the next game they play seven, can right. they get into a real rhythm? That's a question I have for this team. And I think it's a legitimate concern going forward, especially with the bench. We know that the starting five, maybe Sand Salt, is going to play significantly. And we know that Johnson is going to play significantly. He gives them something that they haven't had in a while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's my question. Is rhythm going to be difficult for this team to achieve, especially with the bench players? I think maybe, but I, I also think like historically the way Virginia plays, just those long defensive possessions and then usually pretty long offensive possessions, although now it's – sometimes they'll get some faster ones, mm-hmm. doesn't lend itself to kind of like a rhythm approach anyways. It's it's that methodical kind of like pace is not – it rhythm is not as important as it might be on like a very fast jump shooting team on like a Virginia Tech. Like a team that plays fast gets up and down much more, takes so a lot more I shots. Think, I think it is a concern in that the if you look at the past few years, the, the way that Tony has – been recruiting and the way that play has developed in terms of pace for the, for Virginia they like the players are running more yeah there were 18 fast break points this game and they were all by Virginia like they they are getting out and running against VCU when, yeah crazy right it's, and they scored all those crazy. points from the field they didn't get to the line because they didn't get a foul uh, called on VCU in the second half until the seven something mark which yeah. is ridiculous yeah. considering the nature of the game so, um, so I, this team do, should get to the line more. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, though. I think I think it is it is um, something to keep an eye on as as the rest of the preseason progresses. Yeah, I know that a player like DeAndre Hunter has a lot of potential, but I don't know if that's going to be maximized if he's playing spotty minutes. He seems like the case example for a player who, if he's playing spotty minutes, I don't know how engaged or confident he can be when he gets in. Do you think yeah. so? Looking, looking at be wrong. The- Looking at the minutes breakdown from this game, uh, the top five guys, well, the top four all had over 30 minutes. Jackson had 26 minutes. And then Nigel Johnson was 16, Diakite with 11, and then seven and eight for Huff and Hunter. Do you see that kind of heavy, heavy usage for the guys at the top continuing throughout the season? I mean, that's a lot of minutes for them to play, especially if they're going to do that over the course of the entire season. That's not as shallow of a bench as they've played in the past. You think that's going to keep going? I think that eventually the salt minutes are going to have to decrease. Yeah. 
And maybe it's a stability part of the non-conference schedule that they're looking at. And if that trigger is pulled, I'm not positive. If it's not, I think this team is not going to really make a deep run. That's just me, though. Where do, where do his minutes go? Johnson? Huff? They can't go to Johnson. Uh, they yeah, go, I know. You can play. They go to yeah. Huff or Hunter or Diakite. Okay. Any of those three. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the big men, we really have to touch on the fact that VCU actually out-rebounded Virginia by 10 this game. And it's it, true. It, there were stretches in the second half where it didn't seem like anyone in Virginia wanted to rebound. They were getting two, three, like second and third it chances was, on offensive it rebounding. It was ridiculous. That brings yeah. up another question. Like if how, Salt is not rebounding and he's not a scoring threat. What, what is his contribution? Exactly. Is he just going to bruise people? Like, I mean, he's pretty it, good see, at that. He sets screens. That's his most valuable component. He only had four rebounds this However, game. However, ball screen defense, I think Virginia fans get carried away of how – they they like to overrate his ball screen defense, so I I don't know. That's a big question mark for this team going forward. Yeah, what I mean you, this. I mean you have four steady starters and you have one fifth one, which is yeah. I don't what well, I don't know. I don't know. But like that, that I think was... the continuity thing that you touched on rings pretty true to me. Like stability in the non conference, like continuing while we get more people. That that seems that. That just sounds. And, and do you keep Nigel Johnson by... off the court in crunch time? That's another real question for this team. Do you go with Ty Jerome? Mm. Handle not as good. Can't attack as well. Three point shot much better. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. That's a tough decision. Okay, what else do we have? Wake Forest. Let's go to. Oh gosh, oh gosh, <laughs> the Demon Deacons <laughs> against the Liberty Flames. Man, I'm so happy for Rich. Rich McKay. It's a big it's a big win. Like let's not let's not be around the bush. It's a big win for him. But man, is this is this not the result you want if you are a fan of the Demon Deacons? And they lost to Georgia Southern in the first game. Does Boston College finish above Wake Forest in the standings? Yes. Oh, I believe so. I think yes. so. I'm starting to think yes. And you know I love Boston College. I, I I'm not really sure. Undefeated. Should we run back the pit, Wake Forest? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we seller, need to. The seller team of the uh, year. Double I'm or nothing. Cringing over here. That's double so, or nothing ugh. from last year. So <sighs> I think the Georgia Southern loss is. I mean, Georgia Southern's not going to be a very bad team. This yeah, year. no. Like I think they're going to be competitive in the Sun Belt. But, but if you're Wake Forest, you got to beat them. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not giving you an excuse. And, and you know who who knows what's going on. I mean, it's opening day. You know, it, it was a close game, but to lose by 13 to Liberty at home, Liberty was not picked. I think Liberty was picked to finish fifth or something. Yeah, only you would know this in, stat. In the I, Big no, South? None of the other totally Even Michael wouldn't know this stat. He only goes with mid-major random teams. Yeah. It, in the Midwest and, and, and in the uh, I mean, West Coast. It's, it's very possible that, that Liberty could make a surprise run in the big south i don't know the cabell cabell is a an outstanding player for the liberty flames but this is an acc podcast so let's talk a little bit about wake yeah. and what went wrong in this game uh somehow they were absolutely demolished on the boards by a team that didn't have anyone over six eight they and they started Darrell moore who's seven one Right. The game started out so good for Wake Forest. There was an alley oop to Darrell Moore. Then they forced they forced a, a 
uh, shot clock violation. It's like, wow, this is this is a great start. They've they've turned things around. Danny Manning's all excited. The crowd's into it. And there were, I mean, the first half didn't go like so poorly. Liberty make a, made a push at the end. Maybe but they should call in the order for the tie dye alternate uniforms. It's the only <sighs> thing that could turn the season around in my mind. But really, yeah, it man. The, the, really, the the problem is not just the defense. Uh, Liberty shot out of their minds this game, let's be honest. But the offensive sets for Wake Forest are a total disaster. That's really the problem. It's it's hero ball for the, the, entire, the entire second half was just hero well, ball. Well, two years ago, if you look at the Wake Forest team, it was hero ball at a very fast pace. If we mm-hmm. look at their offensive strategy, it was get down the floor as fast as possible, maybe jack up a transition three, even if there's not really a legitimate transition opportunity. It's just we're going to push the pace and jack up a three. And it worked some some of the time. I remember that North Carolina game that was pretty competitive two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, if they started a famine with that fast hero ball, then... I mean, they can't stop anybody going the other way. I also think, like, so we talked about in the preview who's going to step up and and shoulder some of the offensive burden, who's going to, you know, Mm -hmm. fill the void. The Collins void? Bring something. Yeah, Yeah, Collins and... uh, Midaglu. Yeah, Midaglu. And and some of the shooting, they needed, you know, something like that. And I specifically talked about Brandon Childress, and he has been... I mean, he hasn't played, like, a ton of minutes, but he has not made the contribution in the way that you would hope. I mean, he's taken an okay number of shots, but he's turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. I think he was, you know, 0 for 5 in in the uh, Liberty game, but he turned the ball over several times in both those games, and yeah, it four really times, hurt them. He four has times not in 19 minutes played well. It's not great. And, and Keyshawn Woods didn't really advance in the way you would want to see him play. I mean, it, it seemed like without... Collins down there drawing some of the defense's attention. He struggled to like make a step forward in the way that maybe I would have hoped he had from last year. He he certainly didn't have a great game against Liberty. Yeah. All right. Teams we have no information on: Notre Dame, Syracuse, NC State, Miami, Florida State. Agreed. Agreed. Little yep. to no information, yep, so we're not going right. to talk about them. It would be all speculation. You can check our preview podcast if you would like to. Hear our thoughts on those teams. Right. With that said, let's take a look at some games this upcoming week. And we might touch non-conference because sort of in the, I mean, the Maui Invitational is on the way. Do you want to touch on UNC very quickly? Uh, can we really say much about them without Joel Berry? I mean, they look shaky without him. Yeah, I, I'm more, I was interested in the Bucknell game. And I think that Bucknell's a pretty good team. Mm, okay. And I like watched some of it. I think yeah, they're pretty I, good. I didn't catch that game, but. But if, um, if you want to talk about it, I just I, I I don't know how much of a test it was for UNC, but I thought it was I don't know kind of a test. They they it still seems like they need to find some people, some big guys. Um, so you picked North Carolina number two in the ACC regular yeah. season standings. Would you like to revise that? Do you feel any well, difference, or do you just are you waiting to see? Well, now that Cameron Johnson is out for the season, uh, correct out for the season, right? He tore his meniscus. And oh no, four to six weeks. Yeah, Excuse I think, me, four I to six weeks. They're just, say, uh, they're just gonna do. They're just gonna <laughs> essentially snip off the the loose piece. Okay, well, which and sounds then, great. Yeah, um, sounds really appetizing. Mm. Uh, yeah. So he's out four to six weeks, and I, I don't know. I kind of worry that what what is he gonna be when he comes back? Uh, Luke may call. I like this. 
I still can't. I don't know if I believe that Luke May is the real deal. He takes a lot of like high level of difficulty kind of turnaround shots when it doesn't seem like he's getting that far off the ground. They also happen to be twos. Yeah, yeah, long twos, yeah. not a good one. I know he like kind of became famous, but I I don't know. I mean, who knows? We'll wait and see. All right, let's talk about the games. Yeah, let's. We're gonna yeah. wrap this up soon. I have one off topic at the end of the podcast. Okay, great. About. Well, okay, let's. We're gonna run through. We're gonna pick some lines. First one, Saturday, Texas Tech, Boston College. We are projecting Texas Tech to be seven-point favorites. Ooh. Where's the game? Is it at It's at the Mohegan Sun Arena. (laughs) That's right. A place dear to Guthrie's heart. I've lost a lot of money in that that, uh, establishment. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Boston College, we kind of touched on this, has looked pretty good playing – some not very good teams so far. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take Boston College and the points because I believe. I'm taking BC and in the, the points Eagles. Too. Let's go. No, no information whatsoever. <laughs> just a gut feeling. I mean, it's practically a home game, right? Texas. Yeah, who from Texas Tech get up to Mohegan Sun? Mohegan Sun's. I mean, that's like a three hour bus ride. Texas, yeah. Texas Tech has a. What's our main man? Our, our number one BC defense. fan's name, he might make it to the arena. Not sure. Yeah, you know what I'm talking Texas about. Texas Tech has an awesome defense, so this is going to be like a good test of... Their their offense is good, too, but their defense is amazing. Next game. So it's going to be a tough one. Uh, we got two BCs, and Guthrie is a... I'll take, I'll take BC. All right. Sure. Next game, we are going to pick uh, Colorado State versus Florida State. It's the staunchest test I could find for Florida State so far, close to it. They are 11-point favorites. It's a lot of points. For that is a, a lot of for points. For a Florida State team that, as you noted, has not been tested yet. Oh, this is in the inaugural uh, Jamaica That's correct. Uh, uh, Invitational, whatever it's called. It is, it is at the Montego Bay Convention Center in St. James, Jamaica. So Florida State beat Florida would have been the first Jamaican game by 24 against Fordham. And if you look at the numbers, uh, it, it would tell you, I mean. I just don't want to pick this game. Colorado State does not look good. I, in general, I would call this a stay away, but because we haven't touched on Florida State and I wanted to find an excuse to do it, we're, we have to pick it now. I haven't watched any Florida State. I have nothing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, one, this one's tough Tough for me to pick. Um, Colorado State does have a player named Che Bob, though, so I might have to go with the the Rams from Fort Collins. Okay. Go I'm going to Che Bob. I'm going to support our ACC people and pick Florida State knowing full, knowing full well that it's way too many points. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to play spin the bottle in this one. Spin. Uh, okay, I'll take Florida State. Not Next a game. not a good bet for anybody. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I'm okay. not gonna, we're not going to have information about that team until they play Rutgers in Florida, right? On the road? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Right. Is that their first? I don't have their schedule, but that looks like the first one. Okay. Next one. We're going to pick uh, a great-looking matchup here, USC. Uh, uh, the Trojans. Do we believe in this USC buzz? Yeah. Do you? I don't know. USC yeah. at Vandy on Sunday. USC are <sighs> one-point favorites. I, I, will take, I will take USC. I don't think Vandy's very good. You don't think so? I do not think Vandy's very good. Okay. I think, I think that one—I mean, I don't think, but it looks like that one point— which you might expect to be higher somewhere else is basically because of the home court advantage for Vandy. Mm. Um, it's a long trip. 
It is. Long trip for the Trojans. Yeah. They'll be fine. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be with Luke on this. I'm gonna take USC. That might also be Guthrie. Well, I don't know if Guthrie. I'm if gonna Guthrie channel has a Vandy. My, inner, my inner Jaffe here. My inner Bryce Drew fan. Yeah, fan tell me. Boy. Do it. Give me give me the Commodores. Okay. okay. Give me the Commodores. I at love home. it. With I love that, it with that freaky weird arena where the shot clock's in the wrong place <laughs> and you sit on the. There's a practice court next to the real court. Yeah, I love courts where the bench, where the court is raised and the bench is like at chest level. You it know, reminds you of the Final Four. Yeah, okay. I like it. I've always liked those. It's kind of it like seems, unique and, and fun. It it's definitely unique, but it seems like it would be kind of hazardous, right? So like, what if a player? It's much. They put the sidelines much further back. I love Guthrie's concerned about. <laughs> yeah, but like I, that's what I would be concerned about. I've I've they put it much so further much back. playing sports on that kind of like if I played sports on a, on that kind of court. Can't the I bench? Sure would the bench would, players would catch you? Off. Well, they, they put the bench so much further back from the court than. Yeah, like, it would. It would make a difference. Next game. We've got our top minds on this. Okay. How many more games do we have? We need to go. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're moving fast. We got this. Okay. North Carolina, biggest test so far. Six-point favorites at Stanford on Monday. Mm. This is – I'm very excited for this game, actually. It's going to be – if this you're is, – This is a very – this is a very, like, big test, I think. Yeah. For the Tar Heels. I mean, it's a, it's a road game, and the Stanford defense is, like, pretty good. Offense, you know, wow, decent, but their defense is – Pretty good. Stanford did lose at home to Eastern Washington. Yeah. <sighs> Woof. Yeah, I don't know what to say. And it doesn't look like Stanford is a team that's going to be able to, uh, like, has a ton of size Wait. inside. So maybe they don't take advantage of, like, younger guys. Like, I know North Carolina's know. played two cream puffs, but how is Luke May averaging 23 and 10? Yeah. What? Yeah, man. He's blowing it up. That that can't last. And There's no way that And lasts. we didn't even talk about maybe the freshman Sterling Manley is now the new... He's the new North Carolina big guy who's going to take over. Who knows? I don't know if he's for real. Let's make some. Why are we? Let's, over, let's why are we overthinking this? Let's why, make some picks. Why are we overthinking this? North Carolina. Stanford in the points for me. Stanford okay. is getting points at home. Bounce back game. Getting six points at home. I, I don't think Stanford is too like undersized. Honestly. Um, I think they might actually be able to to hang with with the size of North Carolina. I, I, give me the Cardinal. Okay. Okay. Give great. Me the Cardinal. Absolutely. All right. Next game. We'll run through this quick. I know immediately what I'm going to do. Notre Dame show it on. Let's do it. No. I'm no just yeah. <laughs> we can pick that one. Arizona minus 17 versus NC State. Give me the oh, Wolfpack. 17 oh, points. Oh, I love it. I let's love do it. it. Let's do it. <laughs> so where's where's this game again? This is, this is this is the Bahamas. It's the oh, it's battle, neutral court. That's even right. better. Atlantis. It's Give me Atlantis. the points. Atlantis. Will, oh, great. This battle is number fantastic. Four Atlantis. Classic. I, give I, NC State fans some hope early in the season with a close loss. Is it possible for a Kevin Keats team to lose by 17? I I don't even know if it's possible. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. guys, I love it. I want NC State in the points all day on that. That is a lot of points. And let's be honest. I don't. I don't know if Arizona is ready to live up to the hype that has been built up around this team in the yeah, preseason. Yeah, they do better when they're lurking around nine in the country. They're right? good. They're good. They're really oh, good. I think they're really good. But I mean, is, isn't um, who's the who's the guy on on Arizona that's not playing yet? Isn't there isn't there a guy on Arizona that's not playing yet? Okay, we should not talk about that anyway. But it's too late for that for me. <laughs> All right, let's move okay, on. Beware on. of the Bahamas water. I like the Bahamas water. Let's take the wolf back. Here's a... Okay, we, I do this for contrast. We picked USC as one-point favorites. 
Uh, at Vandy, now UVA versus Vandy, UVA is six-point favorites hosting Vandy. See, that doesn't make sense if you're looking at AP rankings, does it? Why would yeah, USC be a one-point favorite? How much is the home court advantage for Vandy? Is it like a seven-point swing? Yeah, well, this is a Wait, neutral. Right? This is at the Barclays Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, it's, it's not, it's not the at home. It's at the Barclays Center. At, at well, yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying how much they're, they're putting a big emphasis on the, the Vandy home court advantage because USC is... I think right uh, now, by conventional standards, is a is a better team than Virginia. I think conventional wisdom has it that home point advantage is worth like six points. Oh, and maybe more, right? I think Ken, Ken Palm maybe two a year ago in an interview with us said it might be more now. What about neutral? What about the shift from home court to neutral? Yeah, I don't know. Three, I guess, if we're splitting the difference, then it still doesn't. Yeah, sorry, I just I, I Raleigh Hawkins is out. Okay, but it's it's an injury, but. Presumably, it, there's other things going on. That's okay. what I was thinking of. All right. Arizona. If Virginia covers at VCU in their biggest game, I'm taking Virginia to cover against Vandy in a neutral. Yeah, I'll game. take it too. Uh, I'll take UVA I, minus six. I have to watch. I have God, to, UVA minus six. If Mike were here, he would kill us for taking that. I have to watch this Vandy USC game first before uh, I can pick it. Okay. Okay. All right. Whatever. All right. <laughs> All right we got two more. No, Run through really quick because they're great games okay. coming up later in the week. UCLA minus one versus Creighton. That was a good game last year, maybe. Yeah. Not this year. No, it's going to be a great game. Oh, are you sure? Take Creighton. Take Creighton, Creighton plus one. Yeah. Creighton just I beat uh, Northwestern at Northwestern at home. Creighton's good. Like it's it, and UCLA has limped. Yeah. They're still under suspension. Yeah. Uh, let's take Creighton. Let's not think yeah, about this Creighton. too much. All right, and last one. Good matchup here: Baylor minus one versus Wisconsin. <sighs> we should say both these games are in Kansas City. Hall of Fame classic. Do we I'm, trust this Baylor team, guys? No, I'm taking. I haven't watched them. I, I can't lie to say that I've watched them. Yeah, but. I, no, they haven't played. They played Central Arkansas and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I'm taking Wisconsin here. And Wisconsin had the Xavier loss. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I'll take Wisconsin too. I, I think they bounce back. Man, I don't think guys, they lose too guys, much in the non-conference. How, how many games is Wisconsin going to lose in the non-conference? They're going to lose with, with half. They, they've lost. They've lost to Xavier. They're going to lose to Baylor. And they're going to lose to a team in Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. All right. I'll take Wisconsin. Taylor, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Got to be Baylor. Yep. All right. Final question. It's getting cold outside, guys. Winter cocktail suggestions. Winter's coming. Let's right. go. Guthrie has a staple this time of year. Maybe all year round, which is a very wintry drink. It looks like snow. It looks like there's a little bit of mud mixed in snow mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're catching my drift. Yes, that's that's correct. Is there any is there any cocktail recently that you've come across that has overtaken the White Russian in your power rankings? Nope, nope. White Russian all the way. You know, Although I got Caucasians, I got a little. I mean, mm-hmm. White Russian slash Caucasian all the way. Well, I got a little <laughs> bit of Kahlua and vodka tonight, and I'm looking forward to ending this podcast and going home. Hey and Black bit. Russians are also pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if I. Uh, drink a specific cold weather drink i just drink more of what i would normally drink heavier beers uh, i've experimented with a milk punch in the past a bourbon milk punch oh really yeah something dairy based it seems like with this white russian it gives you a little uh a gives milk you some punch that it's, seems yeah you that take seems please like, explain yeah, you take yeah. like bourbon or brandy and some like sugar and some milk and vanilla extract what if we added Nutmeg. amaretto to that and you yeah you could probably it probably uh, has a name if you add it and you shake it up that'll put me to sleep it's it's uh, it reminds me of a very old like colonial style like 
Southern colonial drink. That's mm. the feeling I get for it. I like it. I experiment with it once in a while. Nice. Yeah. Well, anything with amaretto and bourbon, I'm going to go for during wintertime. Hot toddies, love them. But I'm just going to go to an old classic, and i got to give out a shout-out to our friend of the program, Dave, our our degenerate friend from another mother, and going with the old-fashioned. But the stipulation, brown sugar in the old-fashioned mm, to okay. seal the deal, along with the cherries and a little bit of the cherry juice when you buy the cherries. Correct? Sure. Old-fashioned doesn't the, have cherries in it. Orange. Manhattan it does. has the cherry. Wait, really? does the old-fashioned? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my go-to. I don't, I hold Love the it. bitters. Hold the bitters. Well, then you're not making it old-fashioned. Yes, I am. <laughs> you just call it an old-fashioned. <laughs> All right, so long, folks. We're brought to you by Three Notched Brewing. Leave your mark. Leave your mark.